Hey everyone, it's Jim Sirk. Hope you're having a great day. So once again, I couldn't be more jacked up about this podcast. A number of reasons why. First, we're talking to a CEO. His name is Jonathan Gunn of Brightseed out of Chicago. And that's the second reason why I'm so excited because Chicago has just been ranked in the top 10 cities on MedTech Startups and Innovation. So I am proud of my city. I'm proud of what we're doing. I'm proud that people like Jonathan and his team have decided to make a home in Chicago to bring this technology to life. So what has Jonathan and Brightsea done? You're not going to believe it. They have taken artificial intelligence, machine learning, have put it in the distal end of minimally invasive surgical tools that feedback real-time data to the doctor, the surgeon, While they're in the procedure about what they may be cutting on, clamping down on, interfering with, it will tell them, is it a vessel? Is it a urethra? How thick it is? And this allows the surgeon now, because you don't have any tactile feel with those minimally invasive uh, tools, it tells the surgeon what it is. And when you're talking about patients that are on their second, third, fourth revision, you have scar tissue, you have, you know, the anatomy is all screwed up. Think about how impactful that is going to be for the patient. And you know what else? Brightseed is going to increase the size of the minimally invasive marketplace because there's still over 40% of surgeries, certain types of surgeries that could be done minimally invasive are not because of surgeons' um, uh, a fear of a second, third, fourth revision and or a patient that might be overweight. So these tools are not only going to improve the outcomes of patients' care, but it's also going to increase the number of patients that are allowed the opportunity to have a minimally invasive procedure because the surgical tools are now talking back to the doctor. So... Sit back. It's a great podcast. Like I said, I couldn't be more excited, more excited for the city of Chicago and leaders like Jonathan and his team bringing great med tech to the marketplace because we are on a cusp of a med tech industrial revolution that is going to blow our doors off over the next three, five, 10, 20 years. So hold on tight. And without further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surik, and I am excited. I'm in the city of Chicago. I'm at an incubator in the city talking to Jonathan Gunn, who is the CEO of a medical startup called Brightseed. And I'm not going to go into a lot of it. I'm going to ask a lot of questions about this technology. But just to get us started here, what they've created are tools that are measuring the surgical field as it's changing, as they call it, dynamic surgical field. And those instruments are taking in data and sending it to a doctor before they make a decision to do something in a minimally invasive surgery. And so it's a combination of artificial intelligence, machine learning that's driving data so that a doctor can take uh, or make a better decision before they move forward. And um, with that, I want to introduce uh, Jonathan Gunn, who's, like I said, the CEO of Brightseed. 
and have him tell us a little bit about himself. And we're going to dive into this. I'm excited because this is this is using the new technology that everybody's talking about in real time, real life surgical procedures that's going to change outcomes in a dramatic way. So with that, Jonathan, if you can introduce yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. And really, really excited to be on the on the podcast with you and engaging with your listeners. You know, as I was saying to you when when you got here, you know, we I, I have the opportunity to interact with technologists, uh, with the community, uh, helping provide guidance on on better care. But it's really your listenership that's engaging with the end user. Sure, right? absolutely. That, that is working with surgeons, uh, you know, the techs within the operating room to provide better care. And, uh, and it's important for even folks upstream from the entrepreneurship world or the technology world to really be engaged with the end users, with the patients. And that typically comes through, a, you know, a, a highly dynamic sales force. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we, we, we love it. Oh, we, I'm we glad to hear you it. say that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because uh, the engineering team, the R&D team, um, marketing sales has to be one. Um, yeah, right. We have absolutely. to be one and uh, to, to bring these technologies forward, right? Because yep. a lot of great ideas sit inside somebody's mind, but you have to be able to articulate it to an end user for them to, to grasp it. So I appreciate you saying that. So uh, let's start first by understanding a little bit more about you, where you came from, um, how you got here, because I, like I said, everyone, the, the excitement that I have for this product and, and what it's gonna do is just showing us how incredibly dynamic the medical field is today. So maybe just start with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, early in life, I, I was raised by Believe it or not, two uh, litigators, two okay. lawyers, and and so the I one, like you, so I, I don't I don't know. The, the first thing I did was go out and got a bioengineering degree. All right, right. All I had right. to I had to get away from the law as quickly as possible, and and got really uh, excited about uh, the medical world, in part due to some you know some disease that my mother had. Um, she's well now, but it gave me real excitement about participating in the oncology world okay. and doing research there and got involved in research around intraoperative imaging. Okay. You know, these nanoparticles that can be injected into the body and identify sure. uh, brain cancer really early on, um, which, was, which was very exciting for me. Um, but then, being the son of two lawyers, <laughs> made that grave mistake of, of getting a law degree. And I was well on my well my way to becoming a patent litigator. Okay. You know, I loved working at the intersection of medicine and the law mm -hmm. and beyond that. Um, but it was while I was in law school that I recognized that there was this great opportunity out there, and that was to help build new companies okay. that could deliver on these technologies that I had been so closely aligned with sure. and the benchtop. But being able to de-risk them and take them, you know, to the clinic right. and the work that could get done there. So what opened your eyes to it? So you're going through this process, then what brought you back to that medical side and using and and obviously you're engaging your engineering background. Right? Absolutely, right. absolutely. Uh, you know, I have to uh, attribute it to some of the really great co-founders of Brightseed who okay. I met while I was a student uh, at Northwestern Law. 
Um, and, and the opportunity to meet some really great doctors from Northwestern Memorial Hospital, or now Northwestern Medicine. Um, and it was there actually observing surgery when we saw just how difficult a procedure can get when you're dealing with a complex patient. Okay. Um, and so a doc was having some issues uh, in the operating room, identifying vasculature uh, due to a complex patient. Uh, ended up hitting a, a blood vessel, leading to a significant bleed. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that we asked ourselves that simple question of how could some of the world's greatest doctors at this you know, world-class institution here in Chicago sure. run into problems and not have support? And what we recognized was that these docs, as well-trained as they are, um, are you know, they're looking through a TV set. Right. in order to understand where they need to be going. And they can't palpate. They can't right. feel. So they have no tactile, they tactical feeling coming no, back to them. No. Right? And they've been using, literally, technology that was built in the early 90s. That's, that's and, interesting. And so yeah. we thought to ourselves, you know, we're, we're asking these docs to drive around in, you know, a 1990s Lexus. And what we want to put them in is, is a, you know, 2019 uh, Tesla. Sure. Right. We need to create technology that can identify what's going on around them, that situational awareness. Right. To let them make the best decisions they can with as much information as they can at the right time. Okay. So now when you went to surgery, did you just go to observe surgery or was there a, a was there a greater purpose? Yeah, we actually participated in one of these biodesign-like courses that came out of Stanford okay. um, where we were tasked with going into operating rooms and identifying clinical opportunity. And a lot of that comes from, you know, conversations sure. with, with staff and with physicians. Um, we just so happened to be there at a pretty trying time, and, it, and that uh, observation jumped out at us. And I know that this is something that, that sales staff see on a routine basis. I was just going to say, everybody listening to this can go, uh-huh, I've been there, right? But not with an opportunity to help or do anything. It's just it, we've seen it, right? right? So when you talk about 1990s technology, right, in today's world knowing everything that's going on in artificial intelligence, this machine learning, this deep learning, um, all the technologies that exist to be able to take that to the Tesla era. How, so you leave that surgery and you identify a problem, which is the, you know that whole entrepreneur, yeah, right? right? Perspective going, yeah. holy cow. Um, and, and, it's, and you know what, I'm kind of embarrassed because I've been in these surgeries Never once have I walked out going, well, I have a better idea. So, but that's because I'm not an engineer. So, um, uh, so I'm, I'm impressed when those things happen, right? The, the smallest of perception and perspective can have such a great impact going forward, right? right, right. And um, so, so you walk out of that, what, and you say, there's gotta be a better way. These docs are great, but they're, they're limited. I always talk, doctors are limited a lot of times by old conventional technologies, right. right? It's not their fault, right? right? They just don't have anything better and they're doing the best they can with what they have. So you're bringing this technology, you walk out, tell me these conversations you start to have. I mean, we, from our perspective, it is, you know, if our phone can, you know, access the internet, can, you know, make phone calls, <laughs> if, I can, if I can do my banking, right. you know, why can't we work into these instruments technology that 
provides you know information about what you're grasping onto. Right. right. Is there a critical structure there? Am I looking at a blood vessel, a ureter, a bile duct, a nerve, right. bowel, right? And and how can how can that tool take some of these enabling technologies and then feed that back to the surgeon and not just you know throw all that information at them at once, but but really you know provide situation situational awareness based on you know specific call points, right? Right. Is it is it a vessel? Is it safe tissue to, to provide uh, information back on? And we want to we want to share that information back to the surgeon in real time. Right. 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 So so everyone listening, so to kind of see this visually. And you have to go to the Brightseed website to really um, dive into the product. But think about these minimally invasive surgeries that are being done. You're going through the ports and um, you, you have these long instruments that you're, they're using. So there is no tactile feedback. It's just they're looking at a camera. So what you guys did is you said, okay, if I have a cell phone that has more power today than what they had to send, you know, everybody says to send the rocket to the, to the moon, right? Um, why can't we have better tools and simple, and I don't want to say simple, but you know, um, everyday procedures for better outcomes, right? Yeah. And which in turn, better outcomes, better clinical care, better financial outcomes for everybody involved, hospital, healthcare system, patients. Um, so you take this artificial intelligence, you take all this technology, you put it at the distal end of, a, of an instrument, and, and you have an interactive surgical device that's talking to your doctor. Yep. Right? Yep. yep. I mean, it sounds, it, you know, you say it, it's like, oh, that's simple. It, but it's amazing, you know, that you can take this technology and really change somebody's life with it, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think that we were fortunate to enter into this market when, you know, when the trends aligned in such a way that, you could even have this technology to integrate into these tools. And just to give the listeners a, a sort of a vision of how this works, you're exactly right. We put um, illumination into one of the jaws of a grasper or a cautery tool, and then we put a sensor array, basically just like a barcode scanner, you know, in the opposing jaw. Right. And now all of a sudden, if I open my jaws 60 degrees and I wave it in front of tissue, I'm able to know exactly what I'm grasping onto. We take that light information, we take that, uh, that sensor information that's really low cost, right? It used to cost $100 10 years ago, it cost $3 today okay. to put that into a single-use disposable tool. Right. We funnel that information back to a signal processing box that sits on the floor of the operating room that's low cost, right. less than $5,000, which has all kinds of implications right. when it comes to sales. But now we use that artificial intelligence to parse out all that optical information and provide you with very specific information of what kind of structure am I grasping onto? What am I looking at? Right. And we were talking earlier, I mean, it really is, you, we are the intermediary, right? We allow the doctors to really see what's going on in that dynamic surgical field in real time. Right. Right. Yeah, so we talk about robotics and, you know, we've, we had a conversation earlier about what is a robot, what's not a robot, what's a, a tool that's called a robot, not to get really deep into that, but those robots that are out there are not really providing a lot of feedback to the doctor on what they're doing. They've just provided a min, more minimally invasive access right. to a procedure, to so better healing, better outcomes, supposedly. So, but this is a device that's actually talking to the doctor. Right. 
right. there's not, a, I don't know of any other device out there that's doing this. No, there, there's really no other player that's providing this type of discrimination in feedback to the doctor in real time. Now, there's laparoscopic Doppler, there's laparoscopic ultrasound, and these are drop-in probes sure. that can provide information. The surgeon has to retract their current instrument, they have to drop in an imaging tool, and then they have to deconvolute what that image means, right? Right, or what that signal means, right? With BrightSeed technology, that sensing is right in the tools they're already using. That's <laughs> so crazy, right? We're not. It's crazy. We're you not. Know? We're not disrupting workflow, right? Right. You don't have to retract an instrument; it's already there. Yeah. And we provide information back on screen, the same screen that the surgeon is looking through that laparoscope. Right. So all of a sudden, they're not looking at a separate monitor, they're getting the information right where they've always been looking. So you're, you're integrating all this in the conventional tools and technology they have, you know, with the screen and monitors. You're not taking up any more room, you're not asking for nope. more capital outlay, you're, you're integrating this right into what they're doing with a little um, uh, inset on the monitor. That's right. Right, to be able That's to see right. it. So, so it's crazy. So. Um, I, that's why I, I just can't get over how cool this stuff really is. And, and this is just the beginning. So let's, I mean, this is first generation stuff. And, yep. right? and I'm not going to ask you to tell us about second or third, but just for the audience, this is first generation. What is third generation going to look like and fourth generation? I'm just blown away. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, we at BrightSeed are really focused on how we can deliver value to the surgeon today yeah. or tomorrow, right? And we want to build a whole suite of these surgical instruments that provide that you know, visual and quantitative information back yeah. to the surgeon. We really want to make them you know, know whether they're making a good or a not so good decision sure. at the point of decision making. Right. Right. Which they want. Which they want. <laughs> right. 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 We want to provide it right then and there. Yeah. Um, and so we see this, you know, extending to vessel sealers, to staplers, to any, all these other instruments, especially depending on the specialty you're talking about. Right. And then thinking about different generations, not only detection of blood vessels and ureters and bile ducts and nerves and all other critical tissues that surgeons are either trying to get to right. or get around or go through. Sure. Right. And we want to be able to provide all that information to surgeons in a user interface that makes sense. But what's really cool uh, is where we see BrightSea technology fitting into the larger uh, sort of shift, tectonic shift sure. in the operating room. I right. mean, we see these really exciting and important acquisitions by these large med device manufacturers, whether it's uh, you know, Medtronic with Mazer right. or us getting purchased by Johnson & Johnson. Um, you know, these are fundamental platform systems that still need that that layer that provides information That's right. from the surgical field yeah. to, if not the surgeon, then the robotic system. Right, correct. Right, and Johnson & Johnson and Medtronic are, are adept and great at building these surgical tools. Right. But they're not used to building sensing sure. systems that can provide the right information to the doctor in real time. Yeah. And that's where we see Brightseed really being an influencer uh, over the course of time. Oh, I do too. So just so everyone knew knows that, you know, I was doing just some uh, t some research on Chicago, trying to find these medical startups, and, and I ran across Brightseed, started going through their information, and and thinking this can't be, huh. right? 
this, there's no way. And they're in Chicago and I got to find these guys because I was so excited about this technology just from where it is today. So take us back a little bit. So you leave the surgery, you, you come up with this idea and what's the next you know, big chunk step that you took to, to find out if it was viable and it would work? Yeah, I mean, the, we were really driven by that clinical need and what the demands of the surgeon were in order to provide the best course of care for their patients. Okay. So from that perspective, we were agnostic to the types of you know technology that we went after. Yeah, you were just right? trying to solve a problem. You exactly. Didn't care. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. at first we were you know we were attaching Dopplers, uh, okay. ultrasounds to the All types right. of tools. Sure. And uh, and we were thinking about what kinds of information we could get from that. How would the surgeon interact with it? But what we realized was that there's a very special technology that's just coming to the fore, and that is something called hyperspectral imaging. Okay. Where you take a lot of different wavelengths of light, and I won't bore you with the technicalities of it, but you, but you actually image very specific wavelengths of light, and then you use that to provide you with information about what you're grasping onto. Sure. And we thought, boy, this is a low-cost, high-tech solution that's just getting applied yeah. first to pathology, but now to the operating room through Brightseed. Right. Has not been introduced in a significant manner or in a commercial manner into, into surgery. Right. And so we said, boy, we could take this technology, make it real time, and be able to be the modality in which you're able to pull this high quality data back to the surgeon. Yeah. And, and in the future, sure. you know, to any of these okay. robotics. Systems. So how long did it take for you to get to this technology when you started? <laughs> well, not to scare off any potential entrepreneurs <laughs> out there. Listen, I think everybody know, if you've been working with engineers, you know how long it takes to bring products <laughs> to market. So. You know, we were, we were a little atypical. You know, okay. if you're out at a research lab at, you know, University of California or University of Chicago or any other great institution, sure. there are a lot of great researchers, a lot of great research labs that have technology that have been festering right. for a number of years. Absolutely. And then it's all about translating that technology into a, a commercial product. Right. Brightseed was a little different. Okay. We, we commercial, you know, we started our company uh, with a, a, a problem and a defined solution. Right. So we had to go in and we brought in our first, you know, outside co-founder was really, you know, this sterling engineer with a background in hyperspectral okay. in order to lead the team and sure. build the team out. Right. Sure. We went and found great investors that were expert in minimally invasive surgery from around the U.S. Okay. and brought them in. Right. And then we made this great partnership with a product development firm, Insight Product Development, uh, here in the in the Midwest who's built these minimally invasive tools in the past. And so we started by bringing all these great players, these world-class players together, and then we said, now we gotta build this technology. Right. right. And so we've spent the last four years just building that platform technology sure. out. And we've gotten support from the National Institutes of Health, from the National Science Foundation, from the Texas Medical Center, a lot of great institutions have supported that. But now we're at that great inflection point where you know, we, we've shown, if you're a pig, watch out. Because we, <laughs> we can operate on you. But now we're making that great shift into product development where we're, we see on the horizon how we're going to be helping surgeons and we're going to be putting this product into bags to deploy. Okay. So it's, um, so four years really isn't that long. I've been with companies that have, you know, taken seven, eight years right. to bring a, bring a product to commercialization. 
and thinking about how this is using some of the newest, greatest technologies and getting there in four years is, is pretty good. So I, um, I, I don't think this will scare anybody. I think it's encouraging to know that it can happen that yeah. quick. Um, yeah. So tell us where you're at now then and where you see the next couple years. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, we've got you know backing by some great institutions. We've built out this technology. We're entering product development right now and we're going out and engaging with a lot of clinical uh, uh, centers of excellence uh, to identify how we're going to go out and deploy this in in the clinical field okay. over, over the course of the next year and a half. Now, are you talking about commercializing or just getting it in the hands of surgeons to use? Right now, we're getting it into the surgeons' hands to use, yeah. and then we're defining that path forward uh, yeah. into into sales uh, yeah. going into two years from now. Well, there's a lot of people listening that can help you out with that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And, and, and I'm, I'm happy to have those conversations, absolutely. Right. Good. Okay, so where do you see um, you'll actually start to commercialize then? Yeah, we're looking at commercializing within the next two to three years yeah. and, and actually selling the, these tools. Uh, and along the way, you know, we're going to have uh, a great pipeline of technologies uh, that's going to help to sort of bolster uh, you know, sales because we know that we're going to be able to extend the lifespan of this technology over the course of the next five to ten years. Yeah. Um, even through uh, upgrades to our signal processing box. Okay. Uh, so we'll be able to you know continue to add product, to continue to add value through multi generations with that one uh, signal processing box sitting on that one floor of that operating room. It's just fantastic. So. Um, so when you're, you're looking at this progress, you know, next two to three years, you have to build up a pretty big team to be able to start to, to do this. I mean, it's, you know, the engineering piece, you're still going to be working on that, but you, you have a, a lot that needs to be built out. Um, that, that's why I'm on the podcast. <laughs> We're ready. Yeah, you're ready. So you're going to start attracting people with all these different functions whether it's regulatory, whether it's um, reimbursement. There's probably not a lot with reimbursement, I would imagine. We fall under DRG. And as yeah. long as we're demonstrating value for our surgeon partners and yeah. our, our departments, then, uh, then we see a clear path. Okay, so you talk about the clear path. The clear path is being illuminated by the surgeons you're talking to, Yeah. right? Absolutely. How, so how, how, not, not how many, because it doesn't matter, What's, what are they what are they saying about this, right? When you when you get into that deep conversation, are their minds just blown away? I mean, I don't want to I don't want to make this sound you know like it's the next rocket to uh, Mars, but this is pretty cool stuff in a surgeon's hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you this: uh, we we learned pretty early on that surgeons can be pretty fickle <laughs> customers, to say the least. Um, but to watch the expression on their face change through the course of a conversation is something that we found is pretty special. Yeah. Um, because the technology that we've built especially resonate with those young surgeons yeah. that are just want to make sure they're doing the right thing with those maybe you know, senior surgeons that are dealing with that really tough case, that reoperation, yeah. you know, that larger patient, that case of diverticulitis. Right. You know, they want that assistance and they say, you know, hey, this is gonna be this is built to delight when you're in those tough cases and to cut those operative times down and make sure that I'm as confident as I think that I am. You know what's interesting about that just from a sales side is that 
when I've introduced products to the market, you usually get, and everyone probably listening to this would agree, when you're bringing a new product, the doctors will want to try it on their hardest patient. Right. Right? Because they're like, okay, you think you're so great? We're going to go use it huh. on Mr. Jones, you know, who's the third re-op. Right. He's got scar tissue everywhere. Whatever procedure we're talking about, whether it's a spinal implant procedure, a lap coli, whatever, it's they're going to give you the hardest ones. Right. So if you can overcome the hardest ones then it's a it's i'm not gonna say it's an easy path but it's a much easier conversation start using that on a daily basis um have you found that to be yeah. kind of true no that's absolutely right and we've talked to literally hundreds of stakeholders um for everyone from you know the the techs that are working in the operating room to the surgeons themselves and you know our focus right now is on colorectal and gyn surgery okay. Um, and we see tremendous value in those upfront procedures uh, for, for identification of structures right. in those tough cases. Yeah. Um, and so that's absolutely where we see uh, that, you know, that beachhead yeah. opportunity. Well, it just is. It's just, it's like you said, the surgeons are fickle. They're going to use it on their toughest patients. You prove it though. The, the rapid adoption after proving it can be done on tough cases is, is truly amazing to watch it explode. You know, especially when the docs are talking to each other about the technology and the, the nursing staff within the operating room start talking about it, then it spreads like wildfire. And, and I would just say, I mean, I think that those conversations um, have been critical for our engineering staff because what we want to do is understand what everyone listening to this podcast, you know, wants to know, which is, how do I put it in my bag? Right. How am I delivering this technology, you know, in the most seamless way possible? Right. You know, unencumbered by sort of the, the CapEx requirements sure. for an institution, um, you know. And so we really have taken that to heart and to understand what type of product do we need to build, right, that can easily gain access and provide value directly to the doc. You know, that's great because a lot of companies I talk to don't think about that. Yeah. It's all about the product. Right, and the, and the product is the baby, and nothing's wrong with the baby. The baby's beautiful. Don't call the baby <laughs> ugly, right? And and yet somebody has to walk in and go, you know, baby's not that pretty right now. We'll make them pretty or her pretty, right? But we've got to do a few things. So you thinking about that and how you're approaching the market is really steps ahead of most companies that are coming to market. I, I'm not saying that because we're we're sitting here talking. I'm saying that's just the truth. I, I've seen it multiple times. So so that's great. I want to also talk about, you showed me some statistics about what percent of procedures are still open. Talk about that and how you can take that market and turn it into a minimally invasive procedure because of these tools. Yeah, it, it was wild when we dug in to understand, you know, the state of minimally invasive surgery because, you know, it's, it's the gold standard in so many ways, right? Nine out of 10 cholecystectomies are performed minimally invasively. Right. But what we didn't recognize is that less than 50% of procedures in the colorectal world are being done minimally invasively. See, I didn't know right. that when you shared that with me. I and, was blown away. And likewise with thoracic and GYN. And, and so... 42% of all operations are still done open, right? Yeah. You're not getting any of the advantage of doing something minimally invasively. And that means you're adding cost of more than $13,000, $15,000 on a per patient basis just because you're not going through that minimally invasive route and you're helping patients recuperate at home right. versus in the hospital. Right. Right. And so one of the really great 
points of feedback that we've received is, hey, this is going to make me more confident doing that minimally invasive procedure, right? Because and you're getting the information. Because you're getting the information. So it's a challenging procedure, but now I'm getting data, and I think you shared you're getting um, 30 um, pieces of data every second. Yeah, we're refreshing in real time yeah. for, the, for the doctor. And so it is, you know, at the point of decision making, they know, hey, you know, through that thick piece of scar tissue, is there a vessel under there yeah. that I need to be worried about? Or am I going to have to gingerly, you know, pull right. away at that for the next five minutes? Right. Right. And so it's, so we've had more than 80% of colorectals, the docs that we've surveyed have said, hey, this is going to make me more confident in doing right. the procedure MIS. So you're doing, obviously it's, it's, it's obvious, but just to articulate it, you're taking you know, 80% of that market that's done open and potentially bring it to an MIS procedure, which will save billions of dollars. Exactly. Right? And thinking about the patient's recovery time and the impact that has on a patient's life, it, it, it's tremendous. With, with the addition of machine learning, artificial intelligence, and working within a dynamic surgical field, providing real-time information to a doc just to make a better decision. That's right. It's it's just amazing. So, um, so so that's great. So two to three years, you're looking at commercialization. So you'll be building out your team, um, which, which is exciting too, because it's that next step in going out there. Um, what? Yeah, obviously, entrepreneurialism is is really um, a fire in you. You can sense it. <laughs> and uh, just share with the audience. I mean, what your thoughts are about med tech. Um, going forward and the entrepreneurial spirit and, and where you should think people should be paying attention to that they might not be paying attention to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we all uh, understand that medical technology is, is hard. Yeah. Right? This is, nothing's given to you uh, in this industry. Right. Um, that said, it scares off a lot of people and leaves a lot of open territory mm -hmm. for like-minded, you know, innovative, uh, scrappy yeah. uh, folks to really do really good work. Right. Uh, and and that's where we see it. Um, and we see that understanding potential hurdles and how to deliver value quickly mm -hmm. um, through a sales staff is of key importance. Um, and from my perspective, uh, you know, we are looking at ways in which uh, we can take input from users and apply these new technologies in a in a real way, not in a pie in the sky way. Sure. Right. How can we provide information back to a doc in in real time? Yeah. Right. How can we make uh, you know critical uh, changes in workflow? Mm -hmm. Right. We were talking about a, another company that that we both know in common. Uh, about you know just moving a procedure from one room of the hospital to an office right. is critical, yeah. right? And it can be technology driven, um, but there's a lot of great technology out there. And if you don't understand process mm -hmm. uh, and and the incentives of uh, the not only the the patient but also the end user right. and the and your physician partners, right? Uh, it, it does no good to you. That's so right. you have to be engaged uh, to understand that. And so you know, for for your the listeners of your podcast in particular, 
I think that you know you've got a you got a strong audience of potential entrepreneurs yeah. um, that can provide that feedback on this is where the opportunities lie. Yeah, no, it's great because you're absolutely right. That, you know, the sales organizations that are out there, the salespeople that are out there, really are small time entrepreneurs. They run their own business. They might not be able to create companies, um, but they can be part of great companies to create something new in a great marketplace. Um, just a, a step back. It's it's funny you were talking about you know the market and how tough it is to bring med tech into real life situations. A venture capitalist that um, I'm friends with. This is a, probably about five years ago. Had a breakfast with him and I asked him. I said, well, "Where are you investing in new uh, markets in the healthcare field?" And he said, we're done with new startups. We're going late startups in med tech, and I'm going more technology-based. And I said, well, what do you mean technology-based? He goes, I could give some kid in um, Menlo Park 10 million bucks to build a video game, and I'm gonna get my money back. If I do it with med tech, I may never get that money back. Not only that, I might have to give another 10 and another 10. And I was shocked that his perspective was like that, okay? Because as I'm doing this research and I'm looking at all the innovations that is going on in healthcare, he's missing out. Right. Right? Because we are seeing the adoption like you've done, you guys have done, of all these new technologies and applying it to healthcare. It, I can't imagine putting it into a game because hmm. it doesn't help anyone. Um, and not putting it and putting your time into healthcare because it impacts lives across the globe. Revenue or money saved and money earned and patient outcome. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with that more. I think that that the question for us um, as an industry is, you know, how can we create that value in a way that can be realized by our investor partners? Sure. Because that feedback that he provided is real. Sure, right? it is. And absolutely. It drives, and it drives yeah. the, our industry. And so one of the interesting areas that I've seen is just this rise of the service component mm-hmm. of the device world, right? How can we create new verticals with which to, frankly, provide value to customers and then how can we, you know, actually yeah. realize that value uh, and, and, and bring that back into the companies? And so I think that this notion of understanding, you know, how do connected devices mm-hmm. provide value and how can I help to support that through fees um, you know, provide, you know, sort of a, a different attitude to an industry that maybe people are not as closely thinking about mm-hmm. just because, you know, to them it's a stent, right? Right. Or a, or a cardiac device. Right. Right. But if I'm thinking about, you know, patient monitoring, connected devices, mm-hmm. right? How can I p- potentially provide added information and decision making benefit? that then open up new verticals in ways that we didn't do it before. Right, it's the next industrial revolution in healthcare. It really is. I mean, when you look at all these new technologies, where it's gonna go, I have a daughter, and um, she is gonna be a senior next year, and wants to get into the medical sales field, Hmm. and all my friends are like, don't, it's not what it was, it's never gonna be what it was. And I'm looking at them going, I think you're wrong, right? right? It's not gonna be what it was, it's gonna be better. Right. 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 And it's just going to be different. And uh, we didn't experience it. But the ne- next generation of commercial folks that enter into the healthcare med tech field are going to experience something that we never did, but is is going to blow the doors off healthcare. 
So it's exciting. It really is. Yeah. So, Jonathan, any departing words, thoughts that you want to share? How can people follow you, follow the company, um, uh, just connect with you to make sure that they see your progress and some great people might want to connect and, uh, and help you guys out? Absolutely. You can, you can find more information on Brightseed at brightseed.com. That's B-R-I-T-E-S-E-E-D.com. Uh, you can reach out to me at j.w.gun at brightseed.com or through the website. Um, would love to engage uh, with any of the listeners uh, here. And importantly, you know, continue to take that information, those learnings back to uh, companies working in your area. Um, and, and hopefully we get some more like-minded yeah. uh, engineers and, and early stage teams that work uh, collaboratively with this you know, tremendous force uh, that can that can really deliver on you know those technologies that are not incremental. Yeah. Right. We want to see that order of magnitude That's difference. Right. That's right. And uh, and we all want to be a part of that, or else we wouldn't be doing this. That's work. right. No, it's great. Um, so so you know, love the opportunity to engage here and uh, and look forward to uh, you know staying involved. Sure. Awesome. So medical sales nation, follow Brightseed. Go dive deep on this. Talk to your docs about this technology and just start doing your own little market research on, on how docs would appreciate this in their hands while they're, while they're doing their procedures. So with that, everyone have a great day, a great week, and until the next time, good luck selling.